Good morning. Jesus is our living hope, and I invite you to sing with us. Verse 26. What then shall we say, brothers and sisters, when you come together, each of you has a hymn or a word of instruction, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation? Everything must be done so that the church may be built up. Let's pray. God, we gather this morning with our brothers and sisters in Christ to worship you. Thank you for the grace and mercy you extend to each one of us. And forgive us for the times we struggle to show grace and mercy to others. May the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing to you. And may we be a blessing and an encouragement to one another this morning. Amen. I invite you to stand if you are able. And we'll sing mighty to save.
pray with me. Jesus, we want to turn our eyes to you and not be distracted by other things that vie for our attention. Thank you for the many ways that you have blessed us. May our words, our actions, and our gifts of money be used to build your kingdom. Amen. Good morning. All right, another terrible joke time. Where do polar bears keep their money? In a snowbank, I've entered this part of being a father, so expect a load of these. But if you have your bulletin on you, now is the time to take them out. There is a number of announcements that are on there that we uh, are going to go over, a number of announcements that we need to add on as well. And let's start off uh, by seeing that Wednesday, 2 p.m., uh, there's going to be prayer meeting at the church. I'd encourage you all to come. It's been going throughout the summer, and uh, it is a good time to pray for our community, to pray for each other, to pray for what God is doing. We've been going through the uh, EMC prayer calendar over the last couple weeks, and it's been wonderful to see how God has been at work in the EMC at large across the world. And so I'd encourage you to come on out. Next, this one needs a bit of a highlight. Uh, there's going to be ladies' coffee uh, in the morning at Tammy Cruz's at 10 a.m., but make sure if you have a pen on you that you note this down. Not Thursday, it will be on Friday. So Friday at Tammy Cruz's at 10 a.m., ladies' coffee, uh, you're all invited. So... Everybody's got that? You can yell it out. Friday instead of Thursday. Friday. There we go. Next, Sunday at 10.45 a.m., worship service, and next week is communion. So start putting your hearts in order to prepare for that. Next Sunday is the worship service and communion at 10.45 a.m. Then skipping down, August 20th. That seems like a long time away, but if the summer so far has been any indication, that is going to come up any day now. Uh, August 20th, that is a Sunday at 7 p.m., there's going to be another bonfire snack potluck at the church like we had in July. So make sure to note that one down and come on out for it. To share how you have been go doing throughout the summer, how God has been working. It'll be just as informal as last time, but in those little conversations that we have about what God has been up to, then you can really see how things go. All right, next, if you want to be a part of the church prayer chain, and if you didn't know that was a thing, might I suggest you want to be a part of the church prayer chain, then contact Diana along with uh, your preferred contact method. That goes for phone, that goes for text, that goes for email. So, church prayer chain, contact Diana with which way you wish to be uh, included. Next, YFC is looking for two volunteers to supervise junior high drop-in Thursday afternoons. Contact Dawson about that. Uh, also, Valley View is coming soon to the end of its season, but it still needs volunteers. Contact Dawson. He can send you in the right direction there. Kids Connect. 
We are going to be starting that in October. So if you can help out, talk to Christine Murray about that. I would say even if you are not sure, uh, then talk to her to get an idea of what it is that would be expected, what it is that would be needed. I can tell you from firsthand experience last year that that is a wonderful ministry that there is a deep hunger for in our community. And so I would encourage you Uh, find out more about that and pray uh, one way or the other that we find all of the volunteers we needed, as well as pray whether or not you will be one of them. Then going on, childcare, we're still looking for ages three to six for the last three summer, Sundays of the summer, and there's doodle sheets in the back uh, if you are a kid, and even if you are a kid at heart, there is some interesting pictures back there. All right. Then, things to add on. The first one, uh, as we've been doing for the last couple Sundays, and we'll continue doing as well, uh, after the service, the deacons are going to be here at the front. Uh, If there is anything that you want prayer for, anything that you want to share, uh, anything you want to talk about, then talk to the deacons. They will be able to, well, pray for you. And I would be happy to have those conversations. So up here, uh, immediately following the service. And following uh, right at the bottom, we're going to be trying something uh, new going forward. I say new, uh, retrying something old. Uh, If you are ever interested in sharing what God has been up to in your life in the service, uh, for the edification of everybody here, and I want to stress that, it's the wonderful ways that God has been at work and you know will build up everybody here, uh, then come talk to me and I'll make sure that you get a spot in the service going forward. So uh, that's again, if you ever want to share uh, what God has been doing in your life and you know that that is going to build up everybody here, uh, then come talk to me and we'll make sure that you have a chance to do that. All right, any other announcements? Oh, right there, front and center making this announcement because I'm a board member and as a board we've been thinking and looking ahead to the fall and wanting to have some sort of Sunday school program in place for the kids in our church and so um, I've kind of been making a little bit of a structure and a plan that hopefully um, all of the volunteers that will come can fill in the gaps and um, hopefully um, you can all join us in prayer as we're asking the Lord to bring these volunteers and also with that um, there hasn't been a Christian education chairperson on the board for quite some time of course it was a real challenge during COVID um, but now that we can do you know, kind of normal stuff again and have been for a while. We're really just asking the Holy Spirit to kind of tap someone on the shoulder um, to bring them into that position so that they can take this kind of format or plan that I'm creating and then can just run with it during the year. So please pray with us um, to bring volunteers not only for the Sunday school program that will be happening during the service, the second half of the service starting in the fall, um, but also that if there is someone who would be willing to step into the Christian education chairperson role, um, then that person can be the leader 
um, of, of the Sunday school programming and it won't just be the board as a whole. So that's a real need that we have right now and we'd really love to see some sort of um, programming for the kids in our church, like I said. So again, please pray. Um, please be expectant and hopeful that the Holy Spirit will work and um, we're excited to see who will come forward. So please talk to me or any other board member if you have more questions about what it could look like. Thank you. All right, any other announcements? And on to items for prayer. You will see right there, front and center, Fall Startup for Kids Ministries. We want to pray for that just as Bethany has asked us, but also for Kids Connect and just in general for our kids' ministries as we are getting them in place for the fall to come. Also, long weekend, we want to pray for those that are off traveling. We have a couple other prayer announcements to add as well. Uh, first one, uh, Emily Wright is off to Australia next Sunday, and uh, we want to pray that uh, her offshore visa from Australia gets through by Friday at the latest. That is a nerve-wracking thing. And so we want to pray for that, as well as we'll have a chance to pray for her next Sunday as well before she leaves, but that it is a good trip and a good year as well. Uh, next, uh, Betty Quiring is still in the hospital. Uh, we are waiting for her to get into a care home uh, in Saskatchewan, and it is very discouraging because they don't have a transition uh, room like we do, a transition ward, so she is just in a regular hospital bed. And that means that there isn't as much time to go to her to get her out of bed, to have people come visit her, and it's getting discouraging. So we want to pray that a space opens up for her to go uh, to a care home as soon as possible. And so, please bow with me now in a time of prayer. Dear God, we come before you this morning, first off, in praise for the weekend. It is a long weekend, and it is a nice one. And God, we pray for all of the people that are getting out there and having their rest, getting out there, having fun, getting out there, and just taking advantage of what you have made this long weekend. God, we pray that the travel home goes well. We pray also that it is a restful time. We pray that come Tuesday when people are back at it, they will be energized for what is to come over the weeks ahead of us. God, we thank you for long weekends like this that allow us to really focus on you. And so we pray that that is what we do. And it is a blessed time as a result. And God, we want to pray for what else is coming up over the coming month. In particular, the putting into place all of the things that need to be put into place for kids' ministries in the fall. God, we have seen how you have blessed our church with kids' ministries so far. And we have seen how, through us, we have helped our community and blessed our community and the families in there through those as well. And so, God, we pray for them. God, we pray that all of the details that need to fall into place, that need to be thought of, that need to be enacted in order to have the kids' ministry, Sunday school, as well as Kids Connect and anything else that ends up happening, God, we pray that they are put into place. 
God, we pray that you illuminate what needs to be happening in order that come the fall, it is a blessed time for everyone. God, we pray for those that are in charge. We pray for Annette. We pray for Christine. We pray for Bethany as they are thinking through these things to come. And God, we pray a blessing on them. We pray your leadership. We pray your wisdom. We pray your guidance. And God, we look forward to what will happen. And we also ask that you begin that process of tapping shoulders before we do. Anybody that is looking to be a teacher, anybody that is looking to be a leader, looking to be an administrator or in charge, God, we pray that you do that talking to the soul. Lord, we pray, cause the people to stand up. God, we pray that you do it in a way that we don't even see coming, but we see as a blessing after the fact. Lord, we have seen you work like this so many times before, and we are looking forward to seeing how you will work again. God, we put our kids' ministries before you. And God, we also want to pray for the people close to us. God, we want to pray for Emily as she is preparing to fly out next Sunday to Australia. Lord, we pray that that will be a wonderful trip and that the travels will go well. But Right now, we pray for that offshore visa. We pray that it comes through ASAP, that it's here by Friday at the latest. God, we know that it'll be just an absolute logistical headache if it's not. And so, God, we pray that all of the things that need to happen so that it arrives, that they happen, so that it is a trip that will be edifying and remembered all of her life. God, that we put before you. And Lord, we also want to pray for Betty. God, we want to pray that a spot opens up in a care home there so that she can move out of the hospital after these many long months. God, we want to pray that people around there feel the need to visit. We want to pray that the nurses feel whatever it is that needs to happen to address her needs while she is still in the hospital. But God, we pray that she moves to the care home soon. It can be very discouraging, and Lord, it is on our hearts and our minds. And so whatever the day may come, God, we pray, speed it forward. God, all of these things we put before you today, and all of these things, they are on our minds and our hearts, but we know that if we place them at your feet, we can expect to see you at work. And so we look forward to that. Amen. All right. So, today we are continuing on in our series about, I say series, it's rather quite disconnected, but we've been looking at all of the ways that... um, can come into our lives that can cause us to have issues connecting with God, that can make God feel distant from us, that can make uh, our relationship with God feel like it is strained, right? There is dryness there, and we all know that feeling. Uh, 
That's an incredibly common feeling. Pretty much every believer will go through that for long stretches of their life at some point or another. Chances are many of you are right there right now. But as we've seen over the weeks gone past, there's a number of reasons that this can happen. And they're reasons that the church has paid attention to over its long history because they're pretty central to what it is to be a Christian, to address these things, to grow closer to our Lord, to follow him better. And the good thing is, is that because they have been so common, so consistent over the years, there is also a number of ways that the church has found effective to treat them. And so we've been looking at those as well. Today, we are going to be talking about the reasons that we can feel far from God that are connected to our personal issues opening ourselves up to other people. To many of us, that might sound like a weird reason to feel distant from God. After all, our relationship with God is with God, right? Like, what do other people have to do with it? But as we have done so far in every one other of these so far over the summer, we're going to start with a little story that hopefully illuminates just why not being able to open ourselves up to other people inevitably impacts how close we can feel to our Lord. And so, imagine there is a single parent, and this single parent, they have a kid, and they are very, very fond of the kid. After all, it is their kid. They're pride and joy. They seen this kid since birth. They've seen them grow up. They were there when they scratched their knee for the first time and cried profusely because of it. They were there when they realized that that kid had far too much of a love of Fruit Loops. They were there when that kid got their first crush and when they had their heart broken for the first time. That is this parent's kid and they, they love this kid. And then one day something happens. Somebody starts talking to this parent, and it becomes pretty clear not too terribly long after, though, oh boy, they are looking to become friends. They have those conversations, you know, the ones where they just go on into the wee hours of the morning, just like we've had when we were younger ourselves. And as time goes on, it becomes clearer and clearer that this person that is talking to this parent, boy, oh boy, this, this could actually be something. This could be a big deal. This person's pretty awesome. And so something strikes on this parent, a brilliant idea. This person is pretty awesome, which means obviously they're going to get along well with my kid because my kid is pretty awesome. And so what happens? They arrange a meeting and this this suitor and this kid, they end up finally meeting face-to-face. Two awesome people in the same room, so obviously this is going to be a great time for both of them. And it isn't. They try talking to each other for a little bit. It's strained, and then before you know it, the suitor just starts talking to the parent, and it is just an awkward time. But you figure, you know what? Everybody can have awkward days. That's fine. Everybody can have awkward days. We'll try it again. And so they try it again, and same thing happens. 
There is a little bit of conversation. It is feeling pretty stilted. Before you know it, Suter is just talking straight to the parent. That's it. And they're like, well, this is beginning to become a little bit of a concerning thing. Let's try it one more time. And so they all get together, and this time there isn't even pleasantries. The kid is really trying their absolute best. They know how important this relationship is, and they just keep on trying to get into the conversation to the point where the suitor is actually seeming just to be a little bit mean at this point, cutting them off, always going back, just talking to the parent, and that's it. And that, that is a red flag. And so the parent takes this suitor and asks them, what's up? I thought that you would get along great. My child is important to me. So why, am I just imagining this? Is this just something in my head? And the suitor's like, no, I can't really stand your kid at all, but that's okay because I just want to have a relationship with you. So what do they have to do with it anyway? There's my story. And now I'm going to ask you a question. If you were that parent, what would you do with that, that suitor? I'm betting probably something along the lines of you would just cut them out right then and there. Just kick them to the curb, hit the road, that type of thing. Maybe, if not that, maybe you're more civil, more of a French. Maybe you're just like, oh, well... We'll be friends, but that, it's going to be strained. Obviously, it's going to be strained, right? Something like that. Here's the gotcha part of my story that you all saw coming a mile away. Who are we supposed to be in this story? Are we the parent? Are we the child? Or the suitor? Obviously, we are the suitor. Because... Who among us hasn't done something along this same line with Jesus before, right? With our Lord before. God talks an awful lot in the Bible about how he loves all people. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, so that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. God loves all people. He loves all people. He loves all of us. And so it's kind of weird just how we often think that that verse, John 3.16, it only really applies to us. Obviously, God only loves us. Obviously, it's fine if there is somebody in our lives that we just can't stand. We just hate them. Obviously, it's fine if there are people that we just can't stand because they're not like us. They are arm's length. We don't want anything to do with them. They're not our kind of people. Obviously, that's fine. Obviously, that won't impact our relationship with God, with our faith with God, because that's between us and God. What do they have to do with it anyway? And right there, we can kind of see, because we agreed that we should kick that suitor to the curb, that we don't actually think that, do we? That's one of the problems that we come into today. 
when we think of our faith as such a private thing between us and God, and that's that. To a certain extent, our faith is a private thing. We need to make that decision ourselves. It's on us to work towards God and God reaching out to us. It's on us to make that relationship work. But there's a wonderful quote, and I'm going to find it because I had it written down, and I don't have it here, sadly enough. But what the quote said is that Christianity is all, in many ways, about personal development for the sake of others. And while I wouldn't say that that is the entirety of our faith, it's a huge part of it. It's a huge part of it because if we are all God's children, then obviously our relationship with God has to involve other people. You wouldn't get into a relationship with a single parent and not expect that we would also be in a relationship with their other children. You wouldn't get in a relationship with anybody and expect that at some point you're not having to deal with their other friends as well. So why is it that when it comes to God, we're so quick to say, other people don't matter. It's fine that I don't like this person. It's fine that I hate this group of people for being different than me. That's fine because at the end of the day, my relationship is just with God and not them. It's a nonsense statement. It makes no sense. And yet far too easily, we slip into thinking that that is true because it gives us a license to hate indiscriminately, to not have to deal with people we don't want to deal with. We talk an awful lot about creation, at least I do, and in creation, what do we see when it comes to who people are? We see that people are created, what? In the image of God, that's what it says. And what does it say in that line? Are we created all by ourselves in the image of God and that's that? No. Male and female, they're created in the image of God, in my image. By nature of being in the image of God, we are with other people. Can't be any other way. By nature of being in the image of God, by nature of being created, by nature of reflecting his love to everything around us, by nature of being human, because that's what it means to be in the image of God, we are in relationships with other people. Full stop. You cannot be human and be purely alone. No matter how hard we try, that is the simple truth of it. And so what happens, do you think, if we just have people that we hate and say, that's fine, I'm just always going to hate them? What happens, do you think, if there are groups of people that we can't stand, that we think terrible things about just because they're different than us? And we say, we're not ever going to deal with this. In a very real way, we are dehumanizing ourselves. We are being less 
human than we were meant to be. And that obviously is going to impact our relationship with God because how could it not? God made all people, said that they were good. And so when we look at them and are like, no, God, you got this wrong. How could that not strain things? And yet, we do it all the time. How many of us have a person in our life that we just absolutely cannot stand? How many of us have a person in our lives that we used to be friends with and they hurt us in some way and then they are dead to us? How many of us have an entire group of people that we wouldn't say it out loud, but if we were actually to voice our thoughts of them, it's pretty clear that we're dehumanizing them in a pretty big way. And before you're like, not me, I will remind you, it is an election year. I suspect this is more common than we think. I think this is one of those things that we all often struggle with. And instead of actually dealing with it, we kind of just act like it doesn't matter. And then our relationship with God struggles as a result, because of course it does. How could it not? We're telling our Lord that their other kid really doesn't matter. We can't stand them. But it doesn't matter because we're just trying to have a relationship with them. Thankfully, our God is a loving God to us too and doesn't just kick us to the curb, but obviously it strains things. So what do we do? What do we do? Well, I got two things for you this morning. Two things that we can try in order to combat this in our own lives. The first one is this. If there is somebody that you know you just cannot stand, if there is somebody or even a group of people that you know that they just get under your skin, right? I want you to try this. Read a wonderful article that, again, written on a different piece of paper. I apologize. I'm going to find it because it was wonderful. But uh, it was of a class that happened in Israel. And in that class, uh, what happened was is that the teacher brought in a bunch of students, both Israeli and also Palestinian. And these were kids that were at the forefront of the conflict there. They were too young to be doing any fighting themselves, but they had lost family, they had lost friends, they had lost people close to them. And so when that class started, these kids were like at each other's throats, and we can very easily understand why, can't we? To go through that amount of trauma that young. It doesn't matter what your thoughts are on what the conflict is because to them it was personal and so it hurt personally. And then the teacher set for them this thing to do. 
I want you to write out your life story, your life story that leads you to where you are today. Not just why it is that you have the opinion that you do of the conflict, but instead, everything, where you were born, what your parents were like, what your pet was growing up, whoever it is that you had a crush on next door, your favorite this, your favorite that, all of your highs, all of your lows, write that story out. And inevitably, that story is going to get to the point where you get to the conflict, get to the point where the hurt comes, because then the loss comes, the pain comes. Write that story out, the story of you. And so the kids each did this, and then they each read the other kids. And at the end of the day, obviously, Nobody switched sides. That wasn't the point of this in the first place. But none of the kids were trying to kill each other at the end of that. Here's the thing. It's pretty easy to pull the trigger on somebody that you don't even see as human. It's pretty easy to pull the trigger on somebody that you think of as all they are is somebody that is against you. But the moment that you see them as a person, then that gets a whole lot harder. And that gets a whole lot harder. Are there people in your life that you cannot stand? Are there people in your life that you hate? Are there groups of people in your life that you cannot stand or that you hate? If you don't think there are, ask those closest to you whether or not they are. They tend to pick up on the offhand comments you make better than we do ourselves. Do you have those people in your lives that you just cannot abide? What I want you to do over the weeks to come is find out their story. And when I say that, I mean their whole story. Not just why they hold whatever stance enrages you, not just why you think it is that they believe this stupid thing, not just why the immediate reason comes, why you can't stand them, not just why, where they interact with you in the first time, because this is the painful thing to get. It's true, and this is a long time coming where you learn this, People are whole people before they ever run into you in the first place. Most of who people are is done before you enter their story. And it's not until you know a little bit more about that, a little bit more than just the reasons why it is that you can't stand them. It's not until you know the whole of it that they become to you more than just what you hate, more than just what enrages you, more than just what you can't stand or annoys you. It's when you know the whole of someone that they become a person. And it's a whole lot harder to truly hate something you understand, to truly hate somebody in their entirety. I want to put the caveat on that if this person that you cannot stand in your life is somebody that has been abusive in some way in the past, then 
Counseling is a great thing. Community is a great thing to share that burden, that pain with. And if need be, police are a great thing in order to actually set things to right. But most of the people that we hate in this world are not people that have hurt us so intimately as that. And so we should start with dealing with all of them. I think that that goes a long way towards addressing why it is that we hold hate for others in our minds. And when we do that, expect that our relationship with God will grow in turn because, I mean, that's a flattering thing, right? You have a kid, you have someone that's after you, and they are doing their honest best to build that relationship there. That's the first thing I want you to do. Learn their story. And here's the second. Learn to be more hospitable. There's a reason that so much of the Bible deals with hospitality. We all know that story of the man that is waiting for Jesus to come and visit him one day. And three different people come and visit, and each one of them isn't Jesus. And then finally, at the end of the day, Jesus appears in a dream, and I, I thought you were going to visit me, Lord. Well, I did. I visited you three times. There's a reason that that story sits in us so well. Not a Bible story, but also there's a reason that story sits with us so well, because it personally, it encapsulates Jesus. Jesus is somebody of radical hospitality. Jesus is somebody who is hospitable to people nobody else is hospitable to. Think of the woman with the alabaster jar. Think of oh, all of the situations. He goes and he hangs out with people no one else would even dare to be seen with. And he becomes friends with them because they are people. He shares of himself freely and openly with people that no one else can stand to be around. And then more than that, with everyone else that comes to him as well. We are all made in the image of God, and God loves all of us. We are called to love with that same love of our Lord to all of those around us. And we can see that in Jesus' ministry. And when his ministry ends and he goes to heaven in the ascension, follow me. Make disciples of all nations. Do this in remembrance of me. The communion itself, breaking bread, sharing a meal with other people. Christianity is built on hospitality. Christianity is built on hospitality because at the end of the day, everybody needs to know that they are worth something, that they are loved, that there is somebody that is in their corner in this world that seems determined to teach each and every one of us that we are on our own. You cannot show the love of God to others and you cannot live it in your own life unless you do likewise, unless you learn to some extent to be hospitable.
This doesn't mean that everybody needs to be the person that invites somebody to their house every day. But it does mean that we need to learn, each of us, how to open ourselves to others, to share of ourselves with others, to give what we have to those in need. Because at the end of the day, it's them who matter more than what we have. Because God loves us all. Come the fall, we're going to be trying here at McGregor EMC to build up this feeling of hospitality in each of us. We're going to be starting a guess who's coming to dinner or progressive supper, that kind of thing. There'll be sign-ups and we can do that once a month or however much that there is that hunger for. And you can sign up to have people over to your home. You can sign up to be a host in somebody else's home if you don't have one that can fit people. Or you can just sign up to go. Here is what I would encourage each of you. Find your name on that list. And what I would more encourage you is if you are not the type of person that would normally host uh, other host other people, whether it's in your house or not, maybe sign up to be a host. It'll be a stretching time and a learning time, but it'll be a growing time as well. It'll be a following time as well. And if that's something that you just can't even, or you don't know where to start, like get in touch with one of the deacons. I, I can help. And if you are somebody that tries your best to host every drop of the hat, sign up to just visit. The thing about hospitality is, is that you need to learn how not just to give it, but also to receive it. In many ways, that can be the harder of the two lessons. But that's what's going to be going on throughout the fall and then into the year to come. And I hope that through it we'll be able to see our Lord in new ways. Also, if you know anyone else from outside the church that could really use a meal, hey, ask them if you can put their name down as well. There are many reasons why we can feel distant from our God. And while we often don't think it, while we often think that our relationship is just between us and God, our relationship is inevitably with people around us because God loves them too. And so that's what I have for you today. If you feel distant from God, ask yourself, how are your relationships with other people doing? If poorly, might I recommend that this is a place where you can start working today? Amen. If you are able, I invite you to stand and we will respond by singing, Will You Let Me Be Your Servant? Let me be a 
Just a reminder, the deacons will be up here immediately after the service. If there's anything that you want prayed for, anything you want to share, anything you want to ask. Um, And then also, if you are interested in future services to share something God has been up to in your life that is particularly edifying and wonderful, come talk to me. But for our benediction today, we turn to the book of 2 Timothy. May the Lord be with your spirit. Grace be with you all. Amen. Go now and serve our wonderful God. Will you let me?